But what I do know is that everybody needs to find time to do whatever they're passionate about, whether that's music, whether that's walking, whether that's drawing. I don't care what it is. Like, don't ever go away from that because Mm -hmm. you lose your sense of being a kid. At the end of the day, what are we doing? We were on a trail run trail run uh, earlier. That's just us being kids. Yeah. And as soon as you go away from that. This is our playground. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Uh, My son and and I, it was a rainy day Mm -hmm. maybe a month ago, and there's these massive puddles outside. And I was like, man, I'm going to take this opportunity to be a kid with my son. You know, yeah. and again, he's at the time he was 15 months. He was he's been walking for about four or five months. We just went outside and just jumped in the puddles together. Mm. And I was probably in my boxers looking like an idiot, but that's okay. Well, it's, and it's it, you just lose people lose that people lose that perspective on life, yeah, and it do. just drives me up the wall. They take things too serious, and at the end of the day, if you could be a great person, uh-huh. work hard, and have fun, well, you're going to live know. a great life. Welcome to the Zero Quit Podcast, where we bring you inside the minds of elite athletes, business owners, and other guests. I'm your host, Brock Covington, and through these conversations, you'll hear practical advice and effective strategies for building a more resilient mind. If you enjoy listening, be sure to subscribe to the show and share it with a friend. What's going on, guys? So today, I have another in-person podcast. Thank God. We just got back from a trail run. We did a workout this morning, so kind of like a full day of bonding. Yeah. But uh, I have on with me Pete Nelson. He is a co-founder of Sisu Sauna, the owner of Black Flag Athletics in Cleveland, Ohio, as well as an ultra runner himself. Yeah. How you doing, dude? Dude, really good. How are you? I'm doing good. The trail run was uh, a little bit harder than I'd like it to be, (laughs) Um, but that's probably more just me being a little out of shape uh, compared to a record trail runner and a 32 time ultra runner. Yeah. And then Eric's like a beast in his own right. He's, you know, rucking like 40 pounds. And I look back at two miles. I'm like, shit, he's close. Like I can't, I know I'm not like putting myself up to his level, but I was like, I can't let him beat me when he's literally like rucking, you know, (laughs) with 40 pounds and I'm supposed to be running. He, uh, I would definitely say that that's more so along the lines of the handicap that, that he brings yeah. with, with all of his workouts. Um, I was waiting for him to kind of catch up there at the end. But when you're with Don, uh, he is one of those guys where he's just kind of like the pace setter. You got to keep up with yeah. him. And yeah, do your he best. He set the pace yeah. and we beat Eric up the mountain. So that was that was pretty good. Yeah. So uh, I want to dive kind of right into it with, you know, your gym owner. And we touched, we talked, you know, about that a lot today. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about the sauna in a minute because you started that real recently. But What's the first thing you tell people to do if someone asks, hey, like, you know, what do you do for a living? Oh, man, that's a loaded question. So uh, I am a entrepreneur. I own two businesses. Uh, I'm a father. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a husband. And when it comes to gym ownership, I co-own Black Flag Athletics with my business partner, Tom Reaney. Okay. And uh, he was the guy who really got my start. I mean, he's 20 years, 20 plus years in the strength and conditioning field, professional athletes trained. Um, He's an unbelievable programmer, but he kind of really paved the path Mm -hmm. for me to step into a general manager role and then uh, ownership role, programmer role. And that's how I really got my start was kind of learning through my mistakes as not just a manager and gym owner, but Mm -hmm. um, just kind of as a programmer as well. And so through all these mistakes and failures, but then... Uh, also a lot of the, the successes that we've seen, we built a pretty good brand in black flag athletics mm-hmm. out of Cleveland. So I, I, I truly believe in the direction and mission we have of that. And that so is that like snowballed. the first thing that you probably mentioned is, Hey, own, especially, I guess, locally back home, that's maybe yeah. the first thing you say. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the sauna idea and business is still a very fresh idea. So yeah, most it's people, it's a newborn. Yeah. And believe <laughs> it or not, more people know about Sisu sauna company out West than they do back home. Yeah. Well, so. it makes sense. You know, and I get that it, Social media is so powerful to where 
you know, I remember with us owning Iron Belt Jam, it's brick and mortar places, physical locations, physical businesses are so powerful in the community. Yeah. But, you know, growing a digital business or a, a e-commerce, you know, whatever you, you would define it as, you know, nationwide business, it's very different. And obviously you have a bigger demographic you can reach out to because with a physical location, you can have a, a stronger grip on the community. But the problem is you're limited to your community versus obviously with Sisu Sauna, you can sell everywhere. 100%. You know, and you can reach everywhere and connect with everyone. That's why we're here in you know Denver, Colorado yeah. today. Unreal. Uh, so tell us the story with Sisu Sauna. I know a little bit you know revolves around uh, you know Edwin, who was the, who the barrel is named after, and yeah. some of your you know manufacturers. <laughs> but tell me, I guess, the story with Sisu Sauna and uh, how you got involved, and what made you really want to start a sauna company in the beginning. Yeah, really good question. Um, so my business partner, uh, other co-founder of Sisu Sauna, mm-hmm. uh, started up a dealership with a manufacturer of saunas up in Canada. And he, he wanted to get a sauna himself. He had this unbelievable experience out at, um, uh, this training compound down in San Diego and they had a barrel sauna and he was just so blown away with it. And so what he ended up doing, he wanted to buy it himself and he saw on the website that he could become a dealer. Mm-hmm. And so he became a dealer, naturally, the only dealer in Ohio of that manufacturer. So anytime when somebody would want to purchase a sauna, the lead would automatically go, go to, to him. him. Yeah. yeah. So the Ohio market nearly isn't isn't nearly the same size as the Colorado, California market, but it produced some leads and some sales. And then COVID hit, and then there was like twenty percent surcharges on wood, and then there yeah. was eleven. Especially with, yeah, the wood thing is it makes a lot of sense, especially yeah. with cedar. And then you add eleven to thirteen month lead times. And then the product quality started going down, and it was just something that kind of became unmarketable. Yeah. And so this was actually seven months ago. So I actually met him. He was a member at our at Black Flag. Oh. That that's how we originally got connected. Yeah. And uh, Nick Dadis, uh, my, my uh, co-founder, he is a I, I guess you could say a serial entrepreneur. He kind of jokes around that he has a sickness, but yeah. <laughs> but he is he's very good at what he does. A lot of people are built like that, you know. And I, I would say I, I can't say I'm in that category, but like mentally, I'm in that to where I've always been. You know, I love jumping around with different interests, different businesses, different ideas right and just kind of going all in so i definitely get that you know that spark of excitement to just create something new from nothing you know? yeah and i think the most important thing you know for any of those who want to open up a business or own multiple businesses the idea is great and creating the idea is great and establishing the idea is great but from there how do you grow it and mm. that simply means you have to delegate and start building out a team which is honestly some one of the most fun parts of building a business is building out a great team of like-minded individuals. That's Mm -hmm. how you scale it Mm -hmm. because once you have that idea and you know, for a fact, you're solving issues and problems out there that's currently in the marketplace, that's Mm -hmm. where you're going to see some real success is establish the idea and delegate. And if that means that you have to give up, you know, 10% or 20% in quality because you know, for a fact, it's not you doing the work, it's somebody else. That's Mm -hmm. okay because you're going to teach them how to do it the right way. And yeah. that's just being a good leader. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, that's, that's that's where leadership, you know, comes into play and being a great manager. And, a, you know, it's good to have that base that you've already had dealing yeah. with the gym. You know, we talked a lot earlier uh, at V23 about, you know, delegating, especially with the gym, so that you can be the best that you can be within the business and the business can be the best it can be. 100%. Uh, so your first product, main product, I guess only product right now is the Edwin Barrel. Yeah. I've seen a lot of companies – with that barrel design, you just referenced that, you know, I think it's a common, right, design is that barrel shape and how the sauna is constructed. How do you guys go about designing yours differently and improving upon, let's say, a standard design in the industry? Yeah, and I think to piggyback off the last question, too, 
seven months ago we had this trail run and Nick and I was like 6 a.m. in the in the in the morning still dark out uh, down the valley and we started the conversation as do we stop uh, promoting and just dissolve the dealership with this former manufacturer or do we continue doing what we're doing and 10 minutes later we were actually like hmm there's still a problem out there that, that needs to be solved and maybe that means us going to manufacturing is the solution mm-hmm. we had amazing amazing uh, connections down in uh, Amish country in Ohio and uh, that led us to meeting our ma- manufacturing team lead who is unbelievable his name's Mark Polari and we brought this idea to him like hey what we've realized is that there's a million different sauna concepts and a million different sauna ideas and uh, types and heaters and accessories mm-hmm. there's a lot of confusion out there our entire our entire mission is to create the most simple and aesthetically attractive experience yeah not just from the user end but also the purchasing end because as a purchaser of a sauna you could start off with in the cart uh, buy now at five thousand dollars, but once you get everything that you actually need with the sauna, it's up to ten thousand dollars. Yeah, and it's yeah. really frustrating. You know, and a funny thing too about expensive products, and this goes for, you know, everything from you know like what we're recording a lot of this on with Apple products, right? Like if you're gonna spend the money on a you know cold plunge on a sauna on an expensive computer, a car. You want the full experience and you kind of want everything like right there and, and done yeah. properly. And so, you know, more so than just improving upon the function, which, you know, you can touch on how you guys have done that with your design. But even when it comes to branding, aesthetics, everything I think should be there in a top quality product. Because, you know, when you when you get your Apple product and you take it out of the packaging, you want that sleek look. Like you're paying a premium not just for the function of the product, but also the experience, which aesthetic is part of the experience yeah. you know what people you know clout even that goes along with the product you know you don't pay or i don't pay you don't pay it but you know ten thousand dollars for like a gucci balenciaga shirt people do it because there's there's something with it right so i'm rambling a little bit but you know i like that you kind of touched on the experience as a as a whole yeah as a whole set basically you know? yeah and so essentially we came down to the best the best model the best selling model the most aesthetically attractive model and what is truly the best model for functionality is yeah. the barrel. So what the barrel does compared to that of like a typical cabin type of sauna yeah. is it actually decreases the cubic square footage or the, 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 the cubic footage. Does it increase uh, the temperature inside? Yeah. So yeah. what what ends up happening, the barrel shape decreases the, the cubic uh, square footage by yeah. 23%. It also keeps the air circulating because it's a, a cylinder shape uh-huh. versus all the yeah. heat just rising. Now, don't get me wrong. The heat will still rise in course, a barrel sauna, yeah. but it keeps it keeps it moving a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's a super aesthetically attractive. Sure. Uh, it's also very easy to deconstruct if you needed to. Um, but also at the same time, it allows it to be a amazing community experience, which is one mm-hmm. of the reasons why we've started this company is that we want to bring people together in the sauna and the way that the seating is structured in our saunas is that the benches face toward one another. So when you have you and another person or you and five other people, yeah everybody's facing toward one another and the proximity is close. So you have some really intimate, deep conversations. Inevitably, as the temperature rises and yeah. people start to get uncomfortable, you see people's true colors. Yeah. And that's a great thing. That's what you get out of we the We don't just experience. want you hot and sweaty. We want you hot, sweaty, and close to hot, each other. Hot, sweaty, and bothered. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we eventually settled on this, uh, on this barrel mm-hmm. idea. And our first prototype we built in June of this year, 2022. And it was a seven foot, by, seven foot diameter by seven feet deep barrel. 
and it was beautiful. The first time we showed up, looked at it, got everything all squared away, we were just kind of like, wow, like this was this was an idea that we had that just kind of came out of nowhere, and yeah. now we have a barrel in front so of us. So it was almost kind of like right from the get-go. It's immediate. And I guess that's that shows a experience from, you know, like you've, you've known what to expect with, as you know, Nick was a distributor, but then also yeah. having a, you know, all-star production team, right? Amazing, amazing yeah. manufacturing team. So we ended up realizing that 7x7 seven seven, currently at the time is probably too big. So mm-hmm. what we ended up doing was actually do a six-foot diameter by seven-foot deep barrel, which allows us to be able to decrease the cost or manufacturing labor, mm-hmm. but then also at the same time bring the retail MSRP price of the saw yeah. down by potentially about a grand. Um, so good for you and good for the consumer. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And you're able to still get that same experience that we're going for. So the thing that allows us to be a little bit different uh, from our from our angle, obviously our craftsmanship is some of the best in the world. Um, so we have a Finn American uh, manufacturing team lead. And then with him and his sons, they engineered this perfect barrel to the specs that we wanted. Mm-hmm. And then their Amish workforce that they've built out just absolutely killed it. So it's just some of the best quality craftsmanship and woodwork you've ever seen in a sauna. And uh, we've also really were meticulous about the assembly process too. Mm-hmm. So if somebody were to purchase one of these saunas, they actually are able to build it out within about two to four hours, depending on their level of uh, carpentry skills. Mm-hmm. We actually had a couple out in Iowa. One of our first buying couples bought a sauna, zero DIY skills. Like they they don't know their way around a hammer. Built it out within two and a half hours. And that's a, you know, that's a big thing, right? Like you're yeah. going to make a big investment. You're getting this big product. You don't want to have another expense on top of it trying to hire someone to put it together or hurt yourself putting it together. Yeah. So, you know, I like that you think about, and this goes back to, again, you know, you touched on it earlier, making the sauna as user-friendly as possible. Right. And that starts with putting it together in the first place, right? Yeah, yeah. And so uh, we had our official product launch on August 1st of this year. So yeah. we're going on to month three now. And it's been a massive learning process. And yeah. just like running any business, you're going to have your highs and you're going to have your lows. What's the, what's the biggest hiccup you've had? <laughs> if you can share. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, so I had or we had a uh, a buyer who <clears throat> purchased a barrel sauna. Yeah. Or Edwin barrel. I'll, I'll speak about Edwin in a little bit. So the Edwin barrel, our six by seven barrel sauna. And we our lead time is three to four weeks. We shipped it within that three to four week window. And once it arrived out and out uh, out west at the west coast, it sat in a warehouse for two weeks, and there was no there was no communication between the delivery service because once it's out of our hands, it's kind of out of our yeah. hands between the delivery service and the consumer. So we were going back and forth, and I'm trying to make all these calls, and yeah. there wasn't any customer service side on um, the expedited delivery service yeah. at the end. So we had to pull some strings to get it to him. So he gets it there, and. Uh, the directions that I had sent him were older, not the newest instructions. Oh. And then one of the wall panels was labeled incorrectly. It was just like one thing oh, after man. another after another. And then lastly, again, this is just part of the learning process. And I'm happy that we're documenting this right yeah. now because we'll be able to look back <laughs> laugh and laugh about yeah. it. Um, the, the straps that we sent were four inches too long. Oh, so man. we went to go resend the straps. So our straps manufacturer down in Columbus 
sends it to the wrong address. So, <laughs> so it was it was like you've got to be. Kidding. So is so it, it safe huge... to say uh, he's not a returning customer? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we, you know, I I did my best and um, made sure that he was compensated the right yeah, way for yeah. uh, for our mistakes. And yeah. you know, again, it's part of running well, a business. You know, you... Funny, funny side story too is uh, talking about shipping mistakes. I had a huge rogue order that first of all took. You know, like six weeks longer than it was supposed to. Was so, this mid mid pandemic or? No, no. This was I months ago because okay. I I'd ordered the day we like closed in our house. I ordered it like that morning. I was a little nervous to like screw up our closing, yeah. but you know we we're fine. Anyway, and I ordered it. Took way longer than it was supposed to, and then uh, it finally ships, and I see the tracking, and I'm like, okay, like it says in Colorado Springs on Sunday. I'm like, it'll get here like Monday or Tuesday. Yeah. Come to Thursday, and I'm like, I still see nothing. So then I called the tracking company and uh, finally reached somebody, and they go, oh, oh, yeah, it says here your package is missing. And I go, missing? How do, how you, do you miss that? How do you miss a 1,000-pound <laughs> package? Yeah. You know, wh- how does a 1,000 pounds just disappear? And then so I'm like, okay, please call me back as soon as you can find it. So then Friday happens. I'm calling. They finally call me in the evening. They're like, hey, we found your package. It was just mislabeled. And, wow. uh, and because, of course, this is just me being you know, like – hating the uh the shipping schedule but they're like you know because it's freight they're like we'll bring it deliver it monday that's how so it then is I gotta wait like a, i know so then i gotta wait like another three days i finally get my garage gym all the woes of shipping uh you know i, I don't worry about them now because they have everything set up but uh it's just it's funny though with tracking like i'm sure again like what is that shipping company doing with that giant package of a sonic you know like why is it just sitting there yeah and so unfortunately that so ltl which is which yeah. means less than truckload yeah uh that means that you're product is going to be on a um you know on a truck with a billion other other stuff yeah billion other stuff and especially ours because it's so big it's probably gonna be in the very back of the truck yeah which means that they have to work around it and then they have Mm -hmm. to offload it and put onto another truck once it gets to another terminal and so so, you know if and if you own a business you know a lot of these truck drivers are great but sometimes you get the ones that it's like six o'clock and they're like i'll just deliver it tomorrow you know or they just don't uh, they don't give as many shits you know well so and the thing, the thing that we have to always keep in mind as uh, business owners, when you're when uh, when you're shipping products this size, yeah, I mean our crates are about thirteen hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, the crate itself and the boys that go around it weighs a substantial amount. Yeah, um, we do lift gate and uh, and pallet jack, and we do a delivery appointment, right? Mm-hmm. So that that adds to the delivery time. But yeah. I also don't want them it's worth it. You I, have to. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. You, you don't want somebody to just drop it off in the middle of your driveway, and you can't you can't access your driveway. Yeah. Yeah. So we want to make sure that you're there, which adds a couple days to the time. But when you're looking at potentially uh, doing a 100% premium trucking service, mm-hmm. where we pick up from the where they pick up from the manufacturing facility in Ohio and ship it to Seattle, Washington, I mean, you're talking potentially two to three grand in just shipping if you want. Yeah. That. So yeah. from the consumer angle, you don't want to be paying that amount. Mm-hmm. So what we've done is we've found the best you know, affordable shipping Ship option rate, yeah. and you do your best from there. Yeah. So with it being a, a wood-based sauna and this kind of touches on something you just installed on Eric's, what is the, the cons as far as, you know, protecting it from the elements, snow, rain, uh, you know, and just maintenance in general, what's it like for having a sauna, especially if you keep it outside versus inside? Yeah, that's a great question. So all saunas and any good sauna obviously is going to be made out of cedar. 
Yeah. Uh, there's there's some newer woods that are more. Uh, Is that because it's just more heat resistant, or so the the properties of the cedar are just fantastic. So okay. it traps the heat in. Traps it absorbs yeah, it absorbs moisture really really well. As uh, so okay. the reason why we chose western red cedar and we sourced that we well it it absorbs it, but it doesn't warp it. Yeah, right? and, yeah. It, and it doesn't lose the the integrity of the wood. Mm-hmm. So let's say you're in Buffalo or even in Cleveland where where I live. You know, we have a sauna in the back. I've had it for two and a half years. Some of my best sauna experiences happened when we had two feet of snow on the ground and my mm-hmm. sauna looked like an igloo. And uh, I, I truly mean that. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> that said, the the properties of the wood, and especially if you're putting your sauna outside from like an elements and a, and a weather rating, any barrel sauna, I don't care the manufacturer. If there's not a roof kit, there's going to be seepage and there's going to be drippage. So let's say you had rain coming through the between the staves no matter how tight you get the staves it's still going to drip or it's still going to have some seepage so one of the things that i wanted to do and just to complete uh to create this complete bulletproof sauna aesthetic mm-hmm. and function was to create this all-weather roofing where we take a, a peel and stick asphalt roofing uh kit yeah. and so it goes over the top hemisphere of the sauna and then from there the cedar, uh, cedar bevel siding that goes up along the sides that covers the asphalt roofing layment. And then we have this trim that hides uh, yeah. the front and the back. I was going to say, so it basically solves the problem, but still keeps the integrity of the aesthetic, right? Yeah, and I feel like it enhances, enhances it. it. But yeah. the thing that I love about it, too, is it actually traps the heat in further. So in a hot summer day or even any sort of summer day, the the wood is going to expand and contract based off the heat and the humidity. Mm-hmm. So if as it expands, the, the spacing in between the spacing between the staves will start to grow. And then as it starts to get colder, it starts to shrink back up. So what this actually does, it just covers all of that. So let's say you're in the middle of winter and you got three feet of snow on your sauna. Not only is it going to look awesome, but it's going to function great. But Mm -hmm. if it's also in the middle of the summer, it's going to still provide a super, super hot experience right off the get go, because it's going to trap all the heat that's coming from your Hume heater right off the bat. Okay. So, you know, we kind of got on this long stretch about saunas and I think we need a Pull it back as far as, Let's do it. you know, the big benefits of sauna. So if you were to give an elevator pitch, why should somebody use a sauna? What are the big health benefits of, you know, sauna and heat therapy? Yeah. So sauna therapy is not something new. I would say infrared sauna therapy is something new. But where we're seeing the majority of research on saunas is done in a traditional sauna setting. When I say traditional sauna setting, that is your standard heater with the rocks, uh, some people will refer to them as wet saunas when they add water to the rocks, or yeah. they'll be referred to as a dry sauna if it's just your standard uh, standard heater with the rocks. Anyways, <clears throat> where all the uh, medical and health benefits come from is once we start seeing the heart rate mimic that of like moderate aerobic exercise, which is typically done at like your zone two, 60 to 70% mm-hmm. of your max heart rate. So for the average person, what that typically looks like is that the temperature is going to be around like 175 to 200 degrees to mimic that. Mm -hmm. And what that simply means is that now we're getting blood flow to the system. Circulation is increased. uh, You're actually able to increase your mood and and, uh, decrease anxiety through this. So Mm -hmm. you're stressing the body during your sauna session. That creates this dynorphin, uh, which is the opposite of endorphins. Mm -hmm response and then once you come out and your body temperature is high and it starts to come back down you have this endorphin rush and all yeah. of a sudden you start to feel very confident and happy what's well, funny smiling. It's, you know it's uh we obviously get it and it makes sense especially if you exercise it makes sense to you but you know it's the stress 
and the pressure you can put on your body purposefully that makes you more resilient to the you know stresses, anxieties yeah. later in life when you don't want those or have them purposely happen to you. So, you know, again, you know, it's the same way we break down our muscles so they can build up better later. You know, you're putting this heat stress on your body, building up these heat shock proteins, and, you know, you get the benefits, obviously not during the sun experience, but later. Yeah. So, like, the heat shock protein response that everybody talks about, Yeah. right now, we do not get that, and we cannot achieve that in an infrared sauna. Yeah. And it's one yeah. of the reasons why... I've, with, I was going to ask with, what with, the comparison was with infrared versus uh, red light. Yeah, it's it's actually yeah, it, it's one of like the biggest questions that we get all the time. We actually just made a social media educational post. So yeah, every six post that, that yeah. we make, we always try to just provide a little bit of sauna education. Yeah, not just for our current customers, but potential customers or just our followers. Mm-hmm. And what we've done, and what we've realized is that traditional sauna therapy, because of how hot it gets, uh, now this depends on how acclimated you actually get to the heat. Uh, somebody like Eric Hinman, who's in at 220 degrees for 25 minutes mm. for three rounds with cooling in between is, I mean, he needs that response and that type of stress. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's created those adaptations to be able to stand that. But mm. for somebody who's never done sauna therapy, maybe 175 might be a lot. Yeah. So <clears throat> the heat shock protein response happens once you want to get out of the sauna. So typically for most people, you're not going to achieve that if you just feel comfortable and you're sweating and you're relaxed. You could get that in an infrared sauna. An infrared sauna can get can get uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But for the majority of people, once you get into the sauna and you have that emotional and you have that psychological stress where you're like, oh, man, this is starting mm-hmm. to get uncomfortable. I need to get out. That's where the heat shock protein response typically starts. That's yeah. the ballpark area. And what that allows us to do, the reason why you want heat shock proteins, it actually is something called like a hormetic stress. And that adaptation you get from that hormetic stress allows you to be to allow, allows you to acclimate to further uh, hotter environments so let's say you're training for the bad water I was 135 ask how this would be for that yeah right so let's say you're in this really hot environment it would make sense for you to train your body at a hotter environment so yeah. what you could do is you could do your aerobic training aerobic training let's say you're doing six to eight mm-hmm. miles or half marathon and then you jump into the sauna for 15 to 20 minutes after mm-hmm. you're actually conditioning your body to be able to stay at an aerobic state, right? Yeah. Because it's hot enough to, to induce that um, aerobic state. Yeah. But now you're actually acclimating to the heat. Yeah. And, 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 and quick note uh, for those, I was talking to Don earlier about, uh, you know, a really good running coach and podcast is uh, Jason Coop and the Coopcast. And uh, he touches on this a lot with, especially with bad water training, you know, people do the crazy stuff. They, you know, get their dryers on high and put a hair dryer in their face and try and do all these wild things to prepare for the, you know, heat conditions, which if you don't know, it's a 135 mile race through Death Valley, the hottest place basically in America, one of the hottest places in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so obviously you try your best to acclimate and prepare for just an insane situation. And uh, he talks about this extensively, so I'm going to butcher it. But essentially, I think just spending an hour a day in the sauna, like first thing in the morning, I don't know if it matters too much about the timing, but spending more time in the sauna is the best thing you can do to acclimate for the heat. You know, and it doesn't take a ton of time, uh, but, you know, like he just signs up for a uh, membership at his local gym, not to use the gym, just to use the sauna for preparing for that race. So I'm glad you touched on that because it is a big thing, especially for athletes or uh, runners, you know, especially if you are preparing for a hot summer race, um, whether it's Western States or whether it's, you know, bad water. uh, Sauna has obviously very practical benefits for that. Yeah, certainly. I think um, obviously that's a very extreme for sure. example, Most, right? Most 99.9% are not going to be preparing yeah. for that reason. Yeah, and probably even you know even smaller <laughs> percentage. 
you know, for him doing an hour a day probably makes sense. Mm. So, but what we're seeing from the research side, and I this think is I butchered that too. I doubt it's enough, no, but, but still, ahead. but still, <laughs> yeah. yeah, at least you're owning it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the, uh, what, what we've seen and this, like some of the best research that's ever come out on sauna came out of Finland back in 2018. And this is extensively researched, uh, material. What we've found is that the best, the best way to implement sauna is at four days a week. Yeah. And I'm not going to say like the exact percentages because again, I don't want to butcher the statistics yeah. on that, but it, there's a drastic reduction in all cause mortality, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. cardiovascular uh, related events. And what we're also seeing too is drastic improvements in, in endurance and in, um, in the cardiorespiratory system. Yeah. It's also increasing respirate. Uh, it's also increasing recovery rates. And it's mm-hmm. also, if you implement this prior to bed, it's improving people's sleep and quality of sleep. Mm. So what's happening is that your body temp typically will elevate to that of like if you had a fever, like 101, 102 mm. degrees. But your body will then, once you get out of the sauna, cool. cool off. And the cool, it helps you get you know, better rest, better sleep. So you'll actually typically that, yeah. go to a lower body temp than when you were at baseline prior mm. to the sauna. Versus if you were to do cold exposure prior to bed where you're, yeah. now your body temp Getting is low warm, yeah. and now yeah. your body's like, man, I got to warm up and now you're uncomfortable yeah. prior to bed and you're sweating. So I think that's a good bridge into contrast therapy. So that's been really hot with, yeah. you know, Joe Rogan mentioning or a lot of different athletes now having access to these, you know, cold therapies along with sauna. So what is the, you know, obviously sauna has big benefits. Uh, cold therapy has big benefits. What is the extra benefit? you know, that cherry on top, that contrast therapy does for you. Yeah. So what, what kind of happens with, uh, contrast therapy, cold water immersion, cold immersion, and then, and then sauna therapy, <clears throat> the best, and this is, this has gone back for thousands of years and our ancestors and whatnot have been doing this. When you, in, when you take small cooling and this, it doesn't have to be 30 degree temperatures or 40 degree temperatures of water. The minimum effective dose is typically 60 degrees when it comes to cold water immersion, which will get the job done for most people, especially if you're not acclimated to it. But what it does when you're in the sauna, it's a vasodilation, right? You have increased, you have increased circulation. So now you have more blood flow coming, mm-hmm. but then once you get into the sauna, it's vasoconstriction, mm-hmm. right? And then what that means is that the heart rate is going to go, is, is, is going to go down and then you go back in. So what that's basically, it's teaching the body to be able to recover faster, to be able to continue to get more blood flow and more nutrients into the system. Mm. So what's really great is if you sup, if you're eating well and you're eating clean, uh, and you supplement correctly, you're actually going to be able to get all the nutrients that you get from your foods into the system quicker. I'm not saying for you to eat directly prior, but it's definitely going to aid in the recovery process again, because you're just getting new blood into the system. Yeah. So it's just flushing in, bringing out, flushing in, bringing out. And then, uh, it's undeniable the psychological effects. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) contrast sessions are hard. If you do it, if you do it the right way over time, you can make Mm -hmm. it tougher and tougher at first. I do not recommend making it tough to where you don't want to do it again. Mm -hmm. But from a psychological perspective, if you could last three to four minutes in an ice barrel, and then go 20 to 25 minutes at a 200 plus degree sauna, you're going to be very mentally resilient. And I guarantee you that what you're doing in that half hour to hour session of contrast therapy is probably going to be a lot harder than what you're going to face in the rest of your day. Yeah. Which sure. and it's one of the reasons why it's I know you like resilience. ultra running. Yeah. And why I like ultra running is because I know my training is going to be harder than anything else I do. Yeah. Which means that I already have a leg up on my day. I always feel like the more brutal, tough, you know, times you can put yourself through suffering the more everything else just gets easier in life, you yeah. know? And I mean, that's what running, you know, ultra running specifically does for you is just, you just get beaten down. You get humbled. You just get crushed. And any other stress, anxiety in your day 
just gets at least a little bit easier, you know, or it just, it just kind of rolls off your shoulder that much more when you're able to, you know, you know, Hey, I've suffered through a lot worse than this, you know, and I can come through with this. Right. So right now the Edwin barrel is the only product. I know we dabbled a little bit and you don't have to spoil anything that's coming soon. Yeah. We're not, we're not going to go into that's that. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> but I guess what is the next steps with the Edwin barrel as far as, you know, getting this out to more people and improvements you're already kind of starting to make that you can speak on. Yeah. Uh, I am a massive believer in taking any and all feedback. I do believe that you have to take some feedback with a grain of salt. So you have to be able to filter some of that. But part of owning a business and running a business, especially a product-based business, is you have to listen to the customer feedback. Mm -hmm. Everybody's very, very happy with their saunas. But there's also been some th- some some times where I'm like, man, could this be better? better yeah. And I don't want there. I mean, we're all human. We're not perfect, which means you know humans don't make perfect products. Mm-hmm. Especially with sauna, there's so many working parts. It's not like you're uh, an ice barrel where it's like here's your here's your barrel and set it Go. up. Go. Yeah. yeah. So um, we really want to minimize the room for error. <clears throat> but what we found is that a lot of people are making it very community based. So you know, we, we advertise it up to six people in the sauna. A lot of people will use eight people in the sauna, which is great. Do it. That said, we've created even thicker benches to be able to support potentially like three offensive linemen on each side of the bench. I, I want 100% confidence that I don't care how many people you put on the benches. It's going to be great. We created this roofing kit to where I know that when the winter hits, guess what? You're still going to have an amazing sauna experience. Mm-hmm. You could get, you could have your sauna in the middle of a hurricane. You should not be using the sauna in the middle of a hurricane, but disclaimer, sh- but yeah, but, but, <laughs> yeah, it, but it should it last. Could last, but yeah, yeah but, it, but, but it should Ideally. last. Yeah. hundred percent. So <clears throat> we've also decided to go completely in on Hume, who is kind of the gold standard when mm-hmm. it comes to sauna heaters. heaters yeah. And so the way that our sauna heaters are created, they're out in Estonia and they're sourced with Estonian rock. There's about 120 pounds of rock that is within each of our six kilowatt drop heaters. Mm-hmm. And so you're actually set up with this controller that's that's mounted on the outside of your sauna in a weatherproof case. That's what we recommend all of our electricians that, that are installing these for. Uh, there's a mobile app that, interse- or that interfaces with the controller mm-hmm. to where you could be anywhere in the world as long as you're connected to Wi-Fi. You could set your sauna on. You mm-hmm. could leave it on for as long as you want. You could put on schedule. And you could set it to whatever temperature you want. And so there's this ultimate level of simplicity with that that I'm just in love with. So mm-hmm. that's what we're s- sticking with going forward is just all in on this one heater. And it's providing this super aesthetically attractive experience yeah. that is obviously married with the Edwin Barrel. But it's the ultimate level of simplicity, which goes in line with our mission. Yeah. So, you know, this is something we definitely, again, like talked about earlier was saunas, like we said earlier, are, are expensive, you know. And I wonder, yeah. similar to as, you know, a lot of times I'll tell people, hey, if you can't afford an ice barrel, you can't afford cold plunge, whatever, uh, you know, you can either try and trick it up in your tub or you can still get benefits from a cold shower. Cold right? showers are massive. Cold shower. Is there an equivalent to a sauna that, you know, you can try and trick up yourself or still get some of the same exp- uh, experiences? I would definitely say that that's probably exercise. Yeah. And, yeah, and so heat up the body, I guess, the same way. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, there's, and the reason why the sauna has gotten the most amount of research done on it is because it's the easiest way to create a baseline for all subjects that are done or the, all, all the, the research that, that's done in the sauna. Yeah. So you couldn't tell you and me to go out with a garbage bag and like a thermal suit on and try to get the same baseline. Yeah. We're completely different from a physiological level and 
Yeah. If we wanted to compare the results of a 66 degree day with 19% humidity versus an 82 degree day out in Cleveland, it's completely different. Yeah. Oh, well, I think it's different. Certainly, just on a, if you just think of it logically, it's more centralized in a barrel versus, you know, in that full immersive experience rather than even like a hot day outside, right? Mm-hmm. Or trying to load yourself up with sweatshirts. So it's definitely a different uh, experience. So that, that definitely makes sense. And I feel like maybe the best solution you could tell somebody is, you know, like I said earlier, that that one running coach does is, you know, try and use the sauna if you're if you have a local commercial gym that offers a sauna. Uh, you know, take advantage of it. You know, try and implement it a little bit more uh, would would probably be the cheapest you know option to try at least get get your feet wet with with sauna exposure. And uh, you know, to piggyback off of that, uh-huh. what we're finding is that one single sauna session could have benefits that last up to six weeks. Mm-hmm. One single session, and like the, I believe that the minimum, and again, I don't quote me on this, is around fifteen minutes. Yeah. Uh, but what we're finding for like cold immersion is that about it's about eleven minutes per week, and that's yeah. not all at one bout. You could break it up into mm-hmm. multiple bouts, and the best way to go about that is doing about two minutes every day. Uh, for the sauna, like you kind of max out with the benefits around four times weekly. But unless if you're training for something specific, then you could obviously do more. Mm-hmm. But even if you do one time a week, there's massive, massive benefits compared to those who do not yeah. in, include sauna in, in their routine. Yeah. And just to, to, to Rick myself earlier, I think what I meant earlier was that the coach was doing an hour a week. Okay, so there, which that makes, makes a lot more sense. With day, the sauna. But I get it though. I mean, if yeah. he's going to be thirty-five hours, like I plus. said, uh, there you go. I just quote in the internet, right? Just you know, yeah. your memory Google. gets hazy. <laughs> yeah. So you know, you just announced this actually this past week. You're having a uh, second child. Yeah, thank you. Uh, well, it's always funny too, and I feel like it's the right thing to do as a guy, right? You push like we're having a baby, but technically it's like, well. My wife's carrying the baby and doing a lot of yeah. the hard work, but uh, it's also my kid. But my wife Paige is uh, <laughs> she is unbelievable. Yeah, she's uh, I'm just so fortunate and Aren't our son brownie our, points right yeah, now. Yeah, well, no, I mean seriously, <laughs> no, I know. Like, you know the fact that I'm out here and yeah. she's at home with our son crew. He's 16 months now, yeah, and it's been the biggest, best perspective change in life. And well, I was about so to say, rewarding. my question was going to be, you know, already with one kid, but definitely with another on the way. How does that shape kind of your urgency and also with being an entrepreneur and you've been one for a bit now, there's obviously a lot of financial pressure on you to say like, Hey, you know, these aren't guaranteed. These can fail. And when you have a family that's dependent on your success, I mean, I'm sure your wife works as well, but it's very dependent on your success. You know, how do you approach handling that stress and how does that maybe add to your, your fire and motivation to make, make things happen? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, uh, I've really gone in on this. I, I haven't had stress where I know that I'm going to struggle to provide for my family because I've really gone in on my mission of just being a really great, uh, first and foremost, a great husband, second, a great father, uh, third, to really go in on my health and make sure I'm healthy. Mm-hmm. If I'm not 100%, I can't give people my 100%. Yeah. And then fourth is to run great teams and great businesses. Mm-hmm. And uh, if we build out a great team with our businesses and have – uh, and we're solving problems and people are genuine and authentic and are great people. Mm-hmm. I know that we're going to achieve amazing things. And as a result, I know that we'll be able to provide not just for our family, but for uh, the people that we've employed and that are on our team. I know that they'll be able to provide for their family. Yeah. And I like what you said, because it made me think of the, you know, the old saying, right? Uh, fill your cup first so you can actually fill others. And I think and it's hard to do often yeah, though, because I mean, especially as, as you try to balance more things, you realize that you have to learn to say no in order to keep your cup full. Yeah, that and and you also you, you need to be a little bit selfish in a sense. And you know, I feel like every 
great man and great businessman that I that I meet has an incredible wife like right behind them because you have to have a wife um, or a husband if you know in your sense that understands that and is willing to support you because they know that when you're the best you can be it serves them as well it serves your children as well it serves everybody when you know you can take care of yourself first you're able to take care of people like later you know because if you're if you're upset if you're more stressed out because of other things in your life because you're not able to fully commit to different businesses or things you know it, it trickles down right yeah and i think that you know we're extremists in the exercise world yeah uh, it doesn't have to be exercise. Yeah. I, do, I do believe, you know, as, as humans, we're meant to move. move we yeah. all should move. That doesn't mean that it's going to be everybody's passion. But what I do know is that everybody needs to find time to do whatever they're passionate about, whether yeah. that's music, whether that's walking, whether that's drawing. I don't care what it is. Like, don't ever go away from that because mm-hmm. you lose your sense of being a kid. At the end of the day, what are we doing? We were on a trail run, a, mm-hmm. a trail run uh, earlier. That's just us being kids. Yeah. And as soon as you go this away is our from playground. that, yeah, exactly. Uh, my son and, and I, it was a rainy day, mm-hmm. maybe a month ago, and there's these massive puddles outside. And I was like, man, I'm going to take this opportunity to be a kid with my son. You know, yeah. and again, he's at the time he was 15 months. He was he's been walking for about four or five months. We just went outside and just jumped in the puddles together. Mm-hmm. And I was probably in my boxers, looking like an idiot, but that's okay. Well, it's, and it's it, you just lose people lose that people lose that perspective on yeah. life. And it just drives me up the wall. They take things too serious. And at the end of the day, if you could be a great person, Uh work hard, and have fun, you're going to live a great life. Life is just, you know, it's one of those things where there's so much to be, there's so much that people are anxious about, that people are angry about, that are just not in their control. And, you know, in a grand scheme of things, don't impact them, right? Like, there's so many things that go on with politics or other countries or you know, even you turn on the local news, right? It's just negativity all around. And I feel like a lot of people just absorb that and they don't, they, they spend more time, you know, the little time they have after work, they'll spend on like Netflix or looking at, you know, Twitter and other people living out their life rather than unplugging, spending more time being present and and pursuing, you know, what you love and your passions. You know, a, a lot of people do lose that passion and creativity. And I was talking to Don on the trail about, you know, I grew up, and a lot of uh, that was a stupid sense. I grew up, right? Yeah, <laughs> of yeah, course, yeah. I did. Yeah, when, uh, yeah. <laughs> when I was eleven and twelve, you know, I I, I discovered or I developed the skill of video editing, which has turned out to basically fund all my passions and a lot of businesses, and there's a lot, still a lot of what I do today. And that that skill was developed purely through passion and excitement and creativity. I was making, you know, cloning myself and doing these different effects, and through this, just learning and interest in letting passion lead the way i was able to develop these skills that you know ended up having you know frugal benefits later down the line and i i look back and i'm like damn it why am i still not doing that today like still still you know dive into these passion you know, talking to marco about uh coffee and and things like that like coffee is a is a chance for me to to get interested and fascinated with this different world and learn different skills and and be humbled and running is a lot of that for me like you know diving into different different disciplines of fitness is a chance to just reset and just you know go all in on like ultra running learn all about it and just allow yourself to be curious you know i think letting curiosity and creativity lead uh would just lead to a lot more happiness and again you're just able to to meet more people and and just experience life more in a sense i truly believe that uh, while a lot of people chase wealth, which is very important, you know, that's how you provide. I think more people need to be chasing relationships. 
Yeah. And not forcing relationships, but if you're authentic to yourself and you have high integrity and you go about life in the right way, you'll meet great people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that that's one of the reasons why I'm out here. You yeah. Know, there's no way I would be out here if I didn't have the relationships that I created. Mm-hmm. And it's just something that, you know, if, if you're looking to go to that next step, you know, look at yourself in the mirror and look at the people that you're around and know that typically, and just like the saying goes, you're the average of the 10 people that you're around. Yeah. You're the average salary of the 10 people you're around. You're typically the average fitness of the 10 people mm-hmm. you're around. And so when you look at that from a from an objective level, you're able to kind of really get a grip of like, hey, how am I performing in life? Yeah. How am I as a husband? How am I as a father? How am I as a business owner? And be and, picky with the people that you surround yourself with. Yeah. You know? Take again, pride like, in the people around you. Learn to say no. Yeah. That's one, one, the hardest thing. One of the hardest things, the two hardest things right now that I'm experiencing is learning to say no. Um uh, uh, and I forgot what the other one is, but uh, yeah, but <laughs> eating my vegetables yeah, 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 yeah. And, and eating <laughs> yeah, vegetables. That's right. Um, yeah. And, uh, probably delegation. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. De- delegating is really difficult. Too. I would probably say, uh, a close third is really learning to unplug and setting yeah. my iPhone to do not disturb and yeah. actually not touching my phone once it's on do not yeah. disturb. Well, and that's, that's definitely something I struggle with. I, I, I love the days that I, am forced to unplug like even today i've been off at a good bit and been living more today obviously and yeah. uh you know during like my ultra race i didn't have it all day long it's amazing. And it's it's, a, it's an amazing feeling and yeah you just look back and you're like wow i actually like did a lot more than having another two three hours just you know scrolling a different way so. i just met a guy who the entire day sunday does not touch his phone yeah and i was like wow it's tough to do that in this day and age especially yeah. as a business owner someone that answers right. a lot of emails it's like you you could survive but you just there there's a little bit that you need each day there would know? need there would need to be a lot of organization and preparation and communication prior yeah where it's like hey guys in your team this and whoever, is my day yeah, yeah. and if it's yeah. a customer inquiry you know that it comes back to making sure that you have a team that might be able to handle that Take inquiry at that time yeah. or you just set the precedence hey on sundays we do not respond back to emails we'll get to you on monday yeah so that's that's just something that you know I'd like to eventually strive for, especially yeah. as the family grows. Well, I appreciate you having uh having you on basically and just explaining again a lot more. I know I learned a lot just in this conversation all today about you know Sana and the story and origins with all of that, and you know I think we even got a little philosophical there. Yeah, I love I that. Like it. So where can people <laughs> find uh, Sisu Sana? Where can people find you? How do they get a Sana? Yeah, I so I think that the. This is actually kind of a funny question. Quick story from today. I had a, an inquiry of somebody saying that there was a, a website that they went to called Sisu Saunas. That so is not us. I that Googled, is not us. I Googled Sisu Sauna and I saw there's like so many websites that are not you. Yes. And so I just realized that. No, I, I shouldn't say I just realized that today. Yeah, you got to nail that uh, yeah, SEO. So, up. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I realized that we're going to have to go all in on SEO here soon. <laughs> but we're uh, right now we're the second one that's up there. Oh, but the okay. first one that's up there has a uh, lawsuits against them from the Better Business Bureau. And I think it's a shitty website. Like just look yeah, for yeah. look for a legit website. Look and that's for ours. <laughs> look for a Pete smiling face somewhere on the website <laughs> yeah. and uh, you know you're in the right place. Yeah, so um, our website is uh, sisulifestyle.com and um, you can find us on Instagram sisu underscore sauna mm-hmm. and then personally Peter Nelson I I am the second. Awesome. Well, there you go. Well, like I said, I appreciate you having on. I know we're about to do some contrast therapy in a Can't little wait. bit here. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'll catch you guys in the next one.